What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Extra Point Podcast, presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. It's your host, Tommy Buns, here with Sully and Jones. We're here to recap NFL Championship Weekend. We're going to talk about the MLB's decision not to strip the Astros and Red Sox of their titles. We're going to talk Zion returning, Dwight Howard in a dunk contest in 2020, Conor McGregor kicking the shit out of Cowboy Cerrone. We got a lot to get to. Let's start off though. Let's recap the NFL championship weekend. What'd you guys think? I I I I was wrong on both my picks, but it's fine. Oh, Thomas. <laughs> I picked both the dogs and it did not go my way. It's totally fine. The Titans were close. Titans were close to covering, but did not do it. So But they really weren't though. They no, they, they weren't they really weren't, but they could have had a nice backdoor cover. But, but they didn't. So it doesn't matter. I went 0 and two. Fuck myself. <laughs> I just I just don't know how you guys thought the Packers were going to win that game. I just – I need answers. I need them now. I, I just uh, – you guys doubled down, or Jones doubled down. He's on this Aaron Rodgers love affair. And, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is just – he's not the same guy anymore. It's not all his fault. The defense was putrid. But San Francisco completely outclassed them, outmanned them, just disgraced just them. All over them. They I mean, Aaron the- Rodgers is lucky if he had sex after that after that game. Oh, you know Danny could give it to him no matter what. They're a perfect couple. <laughs> Who knows? She, but, she's I all- mean, you, you guys saw that, that picture I sent before, or the other day, about Rodgers. I yes. didn't even know that. That was, like, illuminating to me. And it just, what was the picture? Just so, so the viewers, the listeners uh, know, uh, Aaron Rodgers has led the pack a Packers team to a 10 and 8 record in the playoffs in his career. In those 8 losses, his defense gave up 45, 37, 45, led a game-tying drive and he never got the ball back, led a game-tying drive, never got the ball back, led a game-tying drive, never got the ball back. Defense gave up 44, defense gave up 37. So the best his defense has ever played in the playoffs in his eight losses, is giving up thirty-seven points. No, that's that's not fair because that's not including the other the other games that where the score isn't isn't said. Those are the only eight games he's lost. Every other game he's won. No, the game tying scores. I'm saying. Oh You're yeah, when he, I, I when don't. He didn't get the ball back. It doesn't. It doesn't say the game. It doesn't say the scores for those. Or yeah, it doesn't they, say the they scores. They would be those. over thirty-five or forty, or else they would have said it because it would have helped this case. I'm sure. I don't. I don't know. Uh, that's surely a possibility. But the point the the point they're trying to make is he put his team in a position to win in that game and never got well, a he's, chance. He's to. He's definitely. He's definitely. The point is was his defense. His defense game more Super Bowls for that reason. But there's also statistics like he's now 0 five against top ten pass defenses and 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 his his rating and and his touchdown interception ratio are are terrible against those. Um, and he just. They would they score twenty points, and a lot of that was garbage time. So, I mean, he was he had uh, he had uh, two interceptions and a, one interception was at the end. 
So hard to fault him there. And then and then with the fumble, which he really didn't even try to recover, Cam Newton style. So two turnovers in the first half. They're down 27 nothing. Obviously, the defense is to blame, but they didn't score a point, right? They didn't score a point in the first half? Uh, yes. Correct. So, I mean, they lost the game at that point. Although it was like, oh, maybe they'll cut it to 17 or maybe they'll cut it to 10. The game was over at that point. He couldn't lead them to to one scoring drive in the first half. I mean, yeah, the 20 points looks decent, but he, I mean, it was a combination of the two of them. The defense couldn't stop anyone, and 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 he just couldn't leave any, any drives either. And it's like what I said. They have Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, and who's else? He throws to Jimmy Graham, and that's it. Yeah, Aaron Lazar, the, I'm a not- nice piece. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying Rogers played great. I'm. I'm just saying that, that. That's why I was just trying to justify my pick. I thought finally, you know, Rogers always does well against teams he plays a second time around. I figured he gets a second look at them. He's not gonna get. I mean, he didn't get beat as bad as he did in the first game. Um, he played better well, than he did but in the first it, but game. But this game wasn't as close though, because this game was. This game was done in the first half. The other game wasn't done in the first half, even though the end result was. The end result was better. But this was a more demoralizing loss, I felt. Maybe. I think also the situation is going to aid that. Um, obviously, it's more what? demoralizing when you're going home. What do, you, what do you mean when you're going home? I mean, a loss, you're going home, as opposed to on to, oh, on to oh, Cincinnati. Oh, is there, I'm saying, but I'm saying once it's once you're down three scores, it's over. Once you're down 21 nothing, I should say, it's over at that point. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes, exactly, because he's a cheat code. But once you're down twenty-one nothing at that point, and your defense can't stop the run, that combination, the game's over. Yeah, so, I mean, I, yeah, I couldn't believe how little adjustments the Packers made. Like, you're getting destroyed, Jimmy. Make Jimmy Garoppolo throw. Put twelve men in the box. Just get well, a penalty. The thing, <laughs> is, the thing is, they they were putting they were putting a lot of guys in the box, but then they'd run a Debo Samuel. Um, uh, sw- uh, what's it called? You know a jet sweep and then he would run for fucking 12 or 20. So the the they were cheating on the inside. They they weren't containing and then that that left these huge holes for these receivers uh, on these runs like um, a Sanders and and Garoppolo on the on these on these you know these jet sweeps where they the wide receiver would take it for over 10 yards. So they really they I think they tried a little bit. They were just getting outmanned and like I've just been Saying it, I think they're the best offensive line, the Niners. Apparently, the Packers are better. I mean, I think it's clear after that game that the the Niners, whatever the numbers say, the Niners have the best offensive line in the sport to me. I, I, I don't know how it's arguable. And if you include George Kittle as part of the offensive line, I'm saying, because he basically is a sixth lineman. Never seen a tight end block like George like Kittle. It's, it's absolutely incredible. He just throws people to the ground and laughs. But... It's crazy. Yo, I looked I mean, up Rogers Kittle's. Numbers, uh, I, sorry, go ahead. Finish it. I'll I'll go after. I uh, what was I gonna say? No, I was just. It was just Rogers' numbers don't look terrible, but it's just. I mean, Colin Coward's very critical of him, but he's he's right. He 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 throws the ball away. He says he quits, but he throws the ball away a lot. He gives up on plays kind of quick. Like he needed to take more chances and smarter chances like the first interception at the end of the half was terrible and the fumble just he didn't show any effort recovering at the end of the game where he threw that interception those are the type of throws he needed to make the throw to Devonte Adams the the throw that Sherman picked those are the type of plays he needed to be play, doing in the first quarter 
but he didn't. And that, and that, I think that was part partially why they lost. Yeah, I, I mean, oh, go ahead, Dave. No, I was go just ahead. gonna say I, I looked up Kittle's uh, college stats the other day, and they're wildly unimpressive. He had like 700 yards receiving in four years and like six touchdowns. Yeah, so are Gronks. Have you this seen guy, Gronks? Yeah, these guys can't, they come out of nowhere. I don't know how it happens. I feel like tight ends are like just not as used as much in the in the in like in like the spread offenses they use. They like they're just they use the running back and receivers more like like even like the Iowa tight ends are always great, but they never put up insane years. I feel like yeah, but like look at both of them, both the tight ends this year. It looks like they're both going to be pretty damn good tight ends in the NFL. Yeah, like Fant Fant yeah, came they- on in the last six six games was fantastic. And Hawkinson was yeah. Hawkinson was obviously up and down all year, but his his ceiling was is great. Oh, they're both going to be great, but how many yards did these guys get in college? That's what I'm saying. I think it's just another example. It's crazy. Yeah, like, I, I didn't. I never really like considered that. They uh, yeah they they look at more. I feel like they look at body type. Like they look at body type. They look at forty time, like speed, and they look at like obviously your hands and like that's that's what they're looking at. Because, like, these guys, you look at them, like, you look at Gronk, you're like, how is he so bad in college? Like, injuries and... But even when he played, he wasn't dominant. And then he gets to the NFL, he's just a man-child. Like, like Kittle in a second year breaks the breaks the tight end receiving record. Like, no one could have predicted that. Yeah. No, and... I, uh, and, then, and then there's games where he's even more dominant, where he's not catching the ball. Well, look at it this week. I mean, if it wasn't for him blocking, is Mostert really going to have 220, 220 yards? Like... No, I mean those. He'd still have a really good game, but yeah, I mean, not two hundred twenty yards and four touchdowns. Like, he's yeah, just I such mean, an X factor for them. Two years ago, Moster was a replacement level player. He was getting cut. Yeah, the Jets cut him. Six different teams cut him. But um, it's it's and Shanahan. I mean, I don't blame Shanahan. I wouldn't want Jimmy G throwing the ball when you're getting ten yards a clip on the ground. It's so What's bad, the though. Fucking eight passes. Just the optics of it look so bad. It looks really bad. Oh and yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know if this is, it shows how bad Jimmy G is, but, but I mean, it's really what we've been saying. He's average to above average, and people think he's great, and then people are like, oh, look at his record and this, and they like look at what he did last year. I'm sorry. This year they add because even if his injury, they add Nick Bosa. They trade for D Ford. They draft Debo Samuel. None of these guys were on the team last year. Sherman's back fully healthy. Like all these things, they didn't. They didn't have like. So I don't know how you can ignore this 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 fact. And and going on to, yeah, sure they had Kittle. That was the only thing. And when when he was five and zero, oh, he had seven touch in his first year with them. He had seven touchdowns and five picks. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna praise someone for touchdown five picks. That's actually terrible. That's like Jameis Winston numbers. Like that's. Ton of touch. If you have as many touchdowns as picks or anything near, you're hurting your team terribly. I like two I, to one is like considered at okay. Yeah, I mean, I also hate the narrative that's kind of being played by some people of like of oh the Niners went from the second worst team to in the Super Bowl this year. I'm like now that they have Jimmy G, I'm like yeah, but their their quarterback last year was not even an NFL quality quarterback. Like he's not even a, a Mullins, right? Yeah, like, he was. He's not even a backup. So even a good backup. Yeah, he was like he was a third string like like story, and then all the players that I said, plus they traded for Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, and Nick Bosa. I mean, getting Nick Bosa is huge. Yeah, Bosa. 
I mean, literally all of the players of importance minus Kittle were not a part of that a part of that team. Uh, Kwan Alexander, like all these guys, uh, it's just it's crazy how you can overlook. I mean, their receivers last year, their starting receivers were Marquise Goodwin and Dante Pettis. Yeah, it was a joke. <laughs> like, like really, that's why I didn't even consider drafting either of them. I'm like, these guys are scrubs. Goodwin had a nice year. Because of default. Sometimes people need to get the yards. I don't even remember Terrell Pryor. He had 1,000 yards with the Cleveland Browns. When you're down and you're losing, you have to throw the ball. And people get yards. Because you can't throw for 30 yards in a game. At minimum, you're throwing for 150, 200, even if your name's Nick Mullins. So, it's just ridiculous. Has He's been better with the turnovers lately, surely. But when you're throwing eight times a game, you better not turn it over. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it's just... Just no one. It's just my. It's just. It's just annoying because ESPN has this narrative and nobody mentions it. Nobody mentions that they didn't have Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa, D Ford, um, Emmanuel Sanders. Nobody mentions this. And 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 Stephen A. Smith's the only one that gets it, in my opinion. He's like, I'm not sold on Jimmy G. I don't know where the rest of rest of the world is. I don't know how you can be sold on him. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know either. I mean, we posted about this, and everyone's kind of like, you know, yeah, but that's all they need him to do. It's like, okay, we're not talking about like what the Niners need him to do. We're talking about in a vacuum, is Jimmy G a good quarterback? And the answer is, at best, we don't know yet. Though, at worst, the answer is no, not at all. Like, like, and my thing too is, he has the lowest yards per attempt in the NFL, and the highest yards after contact. After 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 catch, what does that tell you? Sure, sometimes his ball placement is good, and that that accounts for some of it. But a lot of it is he has freak receivers and fr- a freak tight end. What These is- guys are electric after they catch the ball, and also the pass the pass um, you know the the threat of the the run sets up the play action pass, and he has wide open receivers. I forgot which game it was. He had a wide open Debo Samuel that I could have hit thirty five yards down the field. And they're like, oh, like he has four game-winning drives. One of them, another one, was to a four-yard out against the Saints against Kittle, and Kittle runs with someone grabbing his face mask for 20 years. And like, Jimmy G, save the day. No, he threw a four-yard out on fourth and two, and Kittle takes it for 45 yards, 20 of which is someone's on his mask, and then Gold hits a 50-yard field goal, or whatever. It was less than that. How is that? How is that Jimmy G? Like, how how does how does he do that? It's it's Kittle and Samuel after after the after the run. Uh, after the catch, I should say. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess he did learn more than more from Tom Brady than we thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, Dave. Let's talk <laughs> about the other game. Let's talk about the Chiefs. Let's touchdown. switch gears. Yeah, because the Chiefs basically, what, they spotted the Titans 10 points and then they just shit-pumped them. They shit on their chest. It was, it was, it's really fun watching the Chiefs and rooting for the Chiefs. Just because you know they're going to come back, and you know it's not even going to be a close game, and Mahomes is just going to literally degrade. Like, the Titans' secondary was playing so well at certain points. Uh, Like, they were honestly playing as good as they could. We have him guard, we have him guard, we have him guard. Mahomes just threading the needle, and other times they're rushing three, and Mahomes is all right. I'll run for 20 yards. I'll run for a 30-yard touchdown. Like, there was no pass rush because they're rushing three or four, and the secondary was doing their job. He would just take off. It was it was incredible. I don't know how you can defend the Chiefs. You can't. Yeah, I I yeah. said this to a couple people this week, and 
some people really thought I was spot on and others were perplexed by this. But to me, I get I have the same feeling and this Super Bowl matchup reminds me so much of the Panthers Broncos Super Bowl. It's a yeah. it's a unreal offense that we just no one could figure out how to stop all year because people forget quickly the Panthers were 15 and 1 that year and they shouldn't have lost that one game. They should they could have very well been 16 and 0 on the back of their offense. And we got a a, a Niners team that's the d- defense is absolutely dominant and clearly carries the team with a quarterback that is not great and we don't know it's like Cam Newton. Yeah, no, I'm saying Peyton Manning is Jimmy Garoppolo and you know Cam Newton is is Patrick Mahomes for this this matchup. I just I don't it to me it just I have that same feeling where I'm like I don't I don't know how anyone's going to really stop this Chiefs offense, but I said that in front of the with the Panthers and look what happened. And I don't want to get like I feel I'll feel like such an idiot if I get tricked again and that that's what happens. I don't I don't I don't see that why not, I mean, Sully? See, so I don't, I don't, because they both had, they both had such good defenses. I don't think Cam Newton's level of play is anywhere close to Patrick Mahomes, even though he had a great year. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't That's think. That's fair. Cam I mean, that, that was his MVP best. year too. I know, but Cam Newton at his best doesn't shine Patrick Mahomes' shoes at Mahomes' worst. It's fair. Like, Mahomes had a terrible year, quote-unquote, and he threw, like, 30 touchdowns and he was injured for a lot or whatever he did. I just think, like, Cam Newton's not accurate. Like, he wasn't really even that accurate that year. He was, like, decently accurate. But Mahomes can run similar to, obviously, Cam, but it's a different type of running. It's not It's not a play. It's not a option. It's, it's him just uh, – he, he, Mahomes really doesn't like to run as much as Cam. He's just when everyone's guard, when everyone's Cam Newton goes first read, second read. I'll, I'll run. I don't care. But yeah, Mahal, there's a there's a misconception between people have a hard time deciphering between scrambling and running. Scrambling is not necessarily running. Mahomes yeah. loves to scramble. He doesn't like to run. And that's the difference. Mm-hmm. And the Niners. I was looking at numbers this week. The Niners have actually really struggled against quarterbacks outside the pocket and when they're scrambling. And Mahomes, I mean, that's half the throws he makes. That's pro- I bet you that's seventy five percent of the big plays he makes are are when he's scrambled out of the pocket. That's where they shine. Yeah. He, he's he's amazing um, on the run. He's done it two weeks in a row. He's really he extends plays and he he's been hitting Tyreek Hill on these comebacks. And Tyreek Hill's faster than you, so he's it's an easy fifteen yards. And then Travis Kelsey's so good at um, just finding a spot in the zone. Travis Kelsey didn't even have a game. He had three catches, 30 yards or whatever. He wasn't even significant. You're going to have to take away one or the other, and the Titans took him away. And then, you know, Sammy Watkins, out of all people, beat him. It was so balanced. It was Watkins, Hardman, um, Damian Williams had a game. Like, uh, like, uh, but I, lo- I love the, the game plan of the Chiefs. They're just absolutely making Tannehill beat you and just stuffing Henry. They did great on Henry. Um that's why, I mean, I do, we're not going to do it picks, but I do like the Chiefs in this game, uh, to be honest. It's not the same running scheme, but I think they're going to make Jimmy G beat them. And, um, yeah, I'll take my chances with uh, Jimmy G against Tyron Matthew. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take my chances against, against the pass rush of Chris Jones and uh, Frank Clark, you know, so. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, you got to imagine Honey Badger's going to spend a decent amount of time on Kittle, too. Yeah, and I'm sure Kittle will win a bunch of a bunch of matches, but uh, matchups. But I wouldn't be surprised me if Matthew picks him off or lays a huge hit on him or something. So yeah, I mean, you're also never going to convince me that a team that could shut down Derrick Henry won't be able to shut down Raheem Mostert. I don't care if the guy had 600 yards last week. There's n- no world in which you convince me that's that's true. Well, the only thing that I have to say to that, and I agree is that the offensive line is definitely better for the for the Niners than the Titans. Although the Titans do have a very good line, the Niners line is is better, and Shanahan's a much better play call. I think that's the two t- intangibles there. Um, Shanahan's I just... I could say the same about Spagnola over uh, Don Pease, the Titans' defen- defensive coordinator. Yeah, no, I mean... I mean I've been I've been on the Chiefs bandwagon defensively since for weeks. I had them in fantasy; they were great. I mean, I had a kid in a chat say the other day, like Chiefs defense doesn't scare me or whatever. I'm like, what? They're the number one defense since week twelve in the entire NFL. Number one. Yeah, when people say shit like that, it's just like that's that's one of those things. So it's true. like, oh, you don't. That's just you saying you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. You've heard, yeah, like you heard that on on ESPN. You know three or four times over the last year, and you just you, they still you think it's the true. the Chiefs had a terrible defense last year because it was terrible, and that's why they lost against the Patriots. Yeah. You know, if the Chiefs had an average defense, they would have blown everyone out by more than 20 points last year. No one would have came within 20 points than last year. But they had the second-to-worst defense in the league last year. I think it was 31st. So this year, they have the seventh-best defense overall for the season points, season points per game-wise and the number-one defense since Week 12. And even though they gave up 31 against the Texans, seven were on a block touchdown, three were after a fumble um, that put them at the 20. So really, they gave up 21 points against the Texans. That's fine. Give up 21 against the Texans, a good offense, and and let Mahomes rip apart the the Texans' ter- terrible secondary. And same with what they what they give up this week. They give up 24, and one was a garbage score or 25. Sure. Yeah. Give yeah. that up. If if they're giving up tw- in the low to mid twenties, you're going to win that game for the Chiefs. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, going back to the struggling the Niners struggling against rushing or scrambling quarterbacks, uh, I think that's what their their front seven is so good that I think it's really done a good job of helping out their secondary. I don't think their secondary is as talented or as elite as they they've been perceived all year. Um, they're they've just been so aided by Ooh, the Niners. Yeah, the Niners. Yeah, uh, they've been so aided by the dominance of their front seven that you know a third of the plays that they would even have to defend the pass aren't even getting to that point. So I I, I don't yeah. know I, I I think that I think Mahomes is going to cause them real problems and I think it's not just Mahomes is good. There's there's numbers and documented evidence to back it up. Yeah, and I I what I think is a huge nightmare um, matchup nightmares Sherman on Tyreek Hill. I don't. I think that is terrible. I mean, you saw Sherman get burned by Devontae Adams, who's Devontae Adams isn't a burner. How do you like Sherman's lost a step? How do you think he's going to do against Tyree Kill? And he may not be on him every play. Obviously, we know that Hill is is moved around, and and Sherman normally patrols one side of the field. But if Sherman's on Tyree Kill, you bet your ass it's a go route, and Mahomes is going to throw it and going to say. Go get a Tyreek Hill, and there's going to be at least one touchdown off that type of play. Yeah. I mean, by the way, Darrell Rivas was absolutely right in his comments at Richard Sherman. 
Like he, he was right. Sherman obviously took that high road and just he didn't have an answer for it, so he went with a predictable like um. Got too busy to prepare for the Super Bowl. Yeah, dude, you can't take 45 seconds to fucking reply to a tweet. He kept, You're he too kept busy. going. They kept going at each other after that anyway. Yeah, so it's a, it's, but, it's a classic response by Sherman who had no, nothing to say because he knew he was right. And it's been the knock on Sherman for a while. I mean, I mean, Sherman's a Hall of Famer. Like, Sherman's oh, incredible. Like, I'm talking like, the last, but, like, three or four years. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And it's just, it's just, he's not man to man like Revis was. Revis was Revis Island. Like, he was, he shut down a whole side. You're like, okay, I can't throw to that side of the field today. We'll see what we can do over here. We got to move someone or we got to, we got to throw someone else. That's literally. And Revis followed your best receiver. In fantasy, you had to sit that receiver against Darrell Revis. Like, you had to. It wasn't even consideration. Didn't matter who it was. You sat him. Yeah. Even the best guys are getting, you know, three catches for. He'll get four catches for 50 yards. Yeah. Set up. So, um, I, I just think it's. I, I just think if Hills, if Sherman, they're going to move Hill around, and and Sherman's going to be on him, and and Hill's going to absolutely torch him. Whether it's coming back to the ball and Mahomes scrambling, whether it's a deep, a post, a go route, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a bloodbath, and they'll do everything they can. Andy Reid will do everything in his power to get that matchup. And that's the thing with the Chiefs. Like you can't even if you have a good matchup like that, you can't maybe necessarily expect or rely on Jimmy G to exploit it. Patrick Mahomes, you could just pick anywhere on the field, any matchup of anyone on his offense and he can make it he can make it work. Whether whether you want to put that on Reed's play calling or Mahomes' ability, I think it's a combination of both. But there isn't a matchup on the field they can't exploit. You can't say the same for Garoppolo. If he's got a certain yeah. matchup, who he, he might not be able to Travis get it to him. Kelsey. Who's driving guarding Travis Kelsey? I don't know. Kwan Alexander. I yeah. mean, that's not good. And th- th- I mean, this might even be a game where we see Watkins have a blow up game. You know? Yeah, he just did. Yeah, I was gonna say he scored what twice. He, scored, he had a hundred. He ended up with one hundred and forty in a touchdown. He had like five for sixty, but then that long touchdown. But I mean, and then you have Miko Hardman. Like, like, like these guys. They're fast. Like, I'm not a Watkins fan, but like him as your third and him as your fourth wide. Re- he's really the fifth option, honestly, because of Damian Williams and Kelsey as receivers. They're so good. Obviously, Watkins yeah. is their fifth option. I don't like Watkins, but give me as his fifth, the fifth option. Fifth option, he's I the best. Fish, he's the best fifth option in the NFL. Yeah, it goes Hill, Kelsey, whatever, vice versa. Then Hardman, then Damian Williams. Damian Williams is great out of the backfield. I think he's caught what two touchdowns. Did he catch a touchdown last week, or is it? I know he did two weeks ago. I know he ran for one, and he's yeah. very good at the goal line. He's very good at, at getting in. At the goal line, Damian Williams. He's got some Aaron Jones in him around the goal line. Yeah, I think he's is minus one twenty to score a touchdown. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a. I didn't look at that bet. Yep, that's a great bet though because they they love to run when they're within like the four or five yard line. They love to give it to him, and he always finds the end zone. So, but um, I don't know. I I think it'll be a. I mean, we're not really giving picks now, but I think it'll be a really good Super Bowl. Um, I'm definitely leaning towards the Chiefs. But I don't know if we're not doing final picks or anything because we got no, a week to go. Next week, next week we'll do yeah, all, all of our picks for Where that. are you guys well, leaning? I am leaning to the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of the same. Yeah, also leaning to the Chiefs. But, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's move on to some baseball. So they announced today that Rob Manfred announced that they're not going to be stripping either the Red Sox or the Astros of titles. Uh, I know I'm happy about that. What about you guys? I get it. Um, 
I think we all knew going in actual stripping of of titles is uh it was a, a long shot to be to begin with um but you know because just because there's so much logist- logistical shit that goes around doing that uh and it doesn't really like mean anything you know I mean, I know it does, and I know it in the record books they'll say that, but we all know Louisville still won the 2013 national title. We know that happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, Taking away, what does it do? You already celebrate. You already partied. You already you already reaped the benefits of it as a yeah. city. As and, a, and and the Astros already cashed the checks. And the Dodgers, like, what are you going to give it to the Dodgers? Which, which, let's say you do, it's like, woo, we won. Like, what? Well, that's like when you get a participation trophy for finished finishing 13th in your your t-ball baseball league you're like the fuck yeah if i was the dodgers i I would understand wanting it vacate i would rather have it vacated and no one gets it than than yeah be given a a championship like that because the people that they beat who's to say how far they would go you don't know you can't say whether it's the yankees whether it's the red sox who they beat whether it's any of those teams who they versed you can't say how they'd match up with the Dodgers. You could guess. You could be whatever, 70%, 80%. Like, I still think the Dodgers would have won it all if it not were for the cheating. I think they would have beat the Yankees or whoever. But you don't know. Some people yeah. maybe think the Yankees would have won. And uh, you I also, mean, as much as it sucks to say, you also don't know if the Astros would have also won without the cheating. It's not, no, like, it's not like a team was void of talent. They're a very talented team. I don't think team. they would. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they would have. So it's just, it's so many, um, it's so many things you can't, you can't measure. You really can't measure. And if you're the the only appropriate additional sanction should have been to the players, which they didn't do, which I was, which I think they should have done. I mean, anyone who they, I mean, they said they didn't have a, evidence of Altuve with a piece. Come on, we have the picture of it. Come on, Radic, we have the picture of it. Yeah. And any of that shit, you're done. At least eighty games. Altuve, you're done. Oh, or any um. What's his name? Reddick, you're done. Uh, any any yeah, person 80, named... 81 games. It should be the same as steroids. 81 yeah, games. Yeah, 81 games. I'm fully fine with that. And they say, oh, oh, you're not going to have a team then. First of all, you wouldn't be able to nail every single player. Nail anyone you can. Anyone with a device, anyone that was mentioned. And even if it was everyone. Okay, throw your AAA team out there. That'll show you not to cheat again then, like that way. Yeah. Win 27 games. Yeah. Be a total embarrassment. I don't give a shit. And also, You're you won't get the number one pick because you won 27 games because we have those two. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I, I mean, that's what I would have preferred. We're obviously not very happy with it, but, you know, get, not ta- taking the the titles away doesn't really do anything or prove anything and is kind of just, just doesn't doesn't do anything. So, I mean, yeah, sure, Manfred, you, we'll agree with you on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Although I think they did, been... they did say that the the players are gonna address those those. They're gonna apologize formally. Yeah, the Astros. Only. I swear to fucking god, if it's in a goddamn written statement, I'm gonna kill somebody. They need yeah, to be in front of a microphone, before. sitting there for six hours answering questions. Yeah, I don't. That was such a fucking cop out the other day when they were doing their media stuff. Oh my and... god, it was such bullshit. Of course, yeah, I, it was I, the most predictable I, answer ever. I, I've been saying it for weeks that they yeah. were going to say that. Bregman so, just pleading the fifth, saying the same thing over and over again. Good choke on a dick, dude. I know. So, hypothetical. Let's say the Astros win it all this year. Now, obviously, it doesn't erase the cheating, but what does that mean? 
Uh, start the investigation again. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it'll be a blow. Um, it'll be a blow because, because be... these players are really talented, and the splits the splits are pretty solid indicators that the cheating obviously helped them. I mean, assuming wise that it did help them a significant amount, how could it not have? But I mean, these are talented players. These are really talented players. Altuve, Bregman. Correa, and I'm not a Correa guy. Whatever, uh, these guys are really talented. So, yeah, um, I mean, the the difference I said, like the the Red Sox when they won, they they ran through people. Like games weren't even close, series weren't close, and Houston, I felt like every game they played, every series they played was, you know, come came down to one crucial hit, one crucial moment. They were by they they won that title by the skin of their teeth. Even in 2019, they advanced on the yeah. by the skin of their teeth. They almost lost to the Rays. Yeah, they almost lost to the Rays. Every single game in the Yankee series was close. Um, obviously, they will only they wanted six games, but it, that was every. I felt like everything they've done over the last three years has been done by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, you know what I can see. I can see players like Yoli Gurriel who are having career years out of like 35 years old. I can see these types of players coming back a lot significantly like Yoli Gurriel entered the like league doing, really doing much worse you're saying yes doing yeah. much much worse like Yoli Gurriel like had 30 something homers like very good average like he entered the league at such an old time because he wasn't he wasn't from here um so I think he was I think he's 34 35 like you don't have your career year at 34 35 without steroids or cheating to be honest yeah, or unless you have some sort of um, sleep apnea uh, fixing surgery like Jed Lowry a couple years ago, like some something where you gain a, an advantage through a surgery or through cheating or steroids. And I think player like Yoli Gurriel is is definitely going to regress next year. But the Bregman Bregmans and Altuve, I think they'll still be very good. They'll probably regress a little, but they're still going to be very good. Yeah, players. I'm, I'm figuring a ten to twenty percent regression across the board. If I had yeah. to, if I had to be friend, you know, thirty five home runs goes to twenty nine, twenty eight. Something like that. Yeah, nothing drastic for those guys. Yeah. Noticeable, but not drastic. Um, I just hope, uh, in a way, I hope they're like fully healthy, so I don't we don't get the bullshit like, oh, well, Bregman only played ninety four games and was you know sixty of those he had a nagging hamstring tear, you know. Yeah. Just give me their full season, and I want to see what they can do. Uh, not cheating. What do you think they? What do you think they are? Not cheating, healthy. How many games do you think they win? How far do you think they make it? The Astros? Yeah. Low mid nineties? Yeah, they're still gonna be the top team in that division. Yeah, I would I would say I would say ninety five. Yeah, low mid nineties and I'd, I'd say losing to the Yankees in the ALCS. De- depending on the matchup possible uh loss in the ALDS, but I think they get trounced by the Yankees in the ALCS. Five games, max. Huh. I think the, I my mean, only my it, only thing is I um I I think I think the Twins are going to be big contenders this year. That's one of my um, well, that was the same. I mean, Houston runs into the Twins in the ALDS. The, the thing the- is, the Twins have they added. I mean, in their bullpen, they added guys that aren't sexy names, Clippard and Romo. They definitely helped. They both had coming off good years. You had Josh Donaldson. He's a fucking stud. He had thirty-seven home runs. You had um, 
They added two Homer Bailey, who actually had a very good year as a pitcher, and you had Rich Hill if he's ever healthy. Pitch is good. So they really added everywhere. I mean, not that Rich Hill or I mean Homer Bailey pitched great for the A's down the stretch. I thought he should have pitched the one game playoff. Um and he has two no hitters, obviously, and, and he really regained some of that some of that and went to his curve a lot this year. But like Josh Donaldson, like I'm sorry, that's a very good offense they have. You add Josh Donaldson to that offense with the re reemergence of Miguel Sano and and Eddie Rosario and um who's the big back Cruz. Like they have they have batters. And, and uh, Max Kepler, like they have so many bats, like adding Josh Donaldson to that makes it like almost like a murderer's row. Like they, their offense was almost as good as the Yankees last year, wasn't it? The Twins, yeah, yeah, they had yeah, like they had more home runs, more, they had more home runs. runs. I think they were second or third in in. No, the Astros were third. I believe they were second offensive, yeah, behind yeah. the Yankees. So, so I know I the mean, Astros that, were third. That's an elite offense, which is getting a lot better with Josh Donaldson. So. You know they're I real, mean, and you don't think you don't think there's any chance uh, Anaheim sneaks in and and takes the division title. Anaheim's a lot better. I mean, they're not. I'm not saying that they will, but they're they're much improved. I don't. I don't. I don't. I I see it as Astros or the A's. The A's you know? really. The I mean the A's the A's won 97 games last year. <laughs> we know that it's it's totally under the radar, but they literally won 97 games last year, and they didn't have their ace for most of the. They didn't have Mania for like 90 percent of the year. And like they uh, have, what's his name, Chris? Uh, who's their fucking star? Chris, Chris Davis. Uh, he had a real down year. He had a terrible year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, they had they have Chapman, they had uh, Olson, they have this Ramon Laureano had a very good year, and he even missed some time. You know, they have a lot of good young players. They hit a lot of home runs. They play really good defense. So, and and their pitching isn't like sexy names, but they they have a great bullpen. So, that's the thing. Is like you you think about like the A's won ninety seven games last year and ninety something the year before. It doesn't sound right, but that's what they were. Yeah. So, I mean, they still got they Mike Fryers. No, I don't uh, think so. Do they? I have no idea. I hate I hate him. That scumbag. Guy's a hero. Guy's yeah, throwing at your boy. He's a martyr. Um, he's a martyr. You uh, hate fires. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have an opinion uh, over against him. I, I'm. It is what it is. He he uncovered something that that really wronged my favorite team. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hate him for it. My problem is he won with them, then got his ass kicked by them, and then cried about it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I totally get it. I'm just selfishly saying it it benefited me, the end result. I have no – I don't give a shit of what happens to Mike Fires if he never pitches again or wins the next five Cy Young Awards. I don't care. Well, I guess it benefited – but how how much did it benefit the Yankees, though, in totality? I mean – I'm not, 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 I'm not saying it necessarily benefited me. It, it, it shed to light a wrongdoing. Shed light on a wrongdoing. Yeah. yeah. That, negative, makes, that negatively makes, impacted makes, my favorite team. Yeah, I just I just think how he went about it is just is just total total bush league. I mean, I also don't think he was like, "Hey, uh, athletic Ken Rosenthal, I got I got boy, do I got a story for you?" They were talking to him, and it, it came up. It wasn't like he you know got on the phone and was like, "Hey, TMZ, athletic, you you got got to come over. I got some shit to tell you." Like they were already talking. There was already they. It was like. A, in the moment thing and then it 
it came up and it was like, oh, okay, keep, keep talking, keep going. What, what, what's this? Um, and, and as we found out from, from, you know, in the recent weeks, this was far from, uh, something that only Mike Fires knew. It was, it was widespread, widespread knowledge. It was only a matter of time. Someone had to be the guy to, to pull that trigger. Because you couldn't, I mean, it's already gone on for three years. They've known about it for three years. At least two, for a fact. Yeah, but... At one I mean, point, gonna, at what point are you going to be like, okay... If, if he had that much of a problem with it, he should have stopped it when he was on the team. That's that's a fair point. That's 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 my claim. If you're going to be Mr. Moral, Mr. I'm taking the high road, I know you're saying he didn't call him up and, and, and start spilling, but... Say, guys, this is wrong, and maybe he did. I doubt he did, though. I really doubt he did because I, I think Mike. I think Mike Fires is a coward. I think. I just think you go back to Stanton, and he says that you know, well, if I could knew where the ball would go, I'd be a better pitcher. I just think he's full of shit, and um, I think he's a coward. That's just what I've always thought of him. Just always what I've thought. I, this only further reinforces that. Everything you just said, instead, you could insert Justin Verlander's name. For Mike Fires. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't Why? know that. He knew. Mike- he knew. He could have stopped it. You, I mean, you've seen yeah, the, the he, potential he Berla- Verlander. No, but you've seen the potential Verlander burner account. I mean, what's better? To to you, keep, you to keep the- reaping the rewards for three years or to get, you know, to tell on him? Oh, I think what Fires did is way worse because he won a title with them. He won. He did both. He reaped the rewards, and then he tattled on them once he had a nine ERA against them. I think it's way worse. Yeah, but That's, Verlander reaped the rewards for three three consecutive years. I know it didn't. Not yeah, all three I mean, ended in a World Series title, but it's not players, like it's not like Fires didn't want to come back to Houston. You do that in school. You cheat if you can get away with it. You 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 like we've all been there. We've all cheated. I know it's not the same, but if you can get an advantage and no one and and you don't think you're gonna get caught, you're gonna do it. If the risk out outweighs the re- if the reward outweighs the risk you're going to do it that's what they were doing i can't say i agree with it but i get i get the logic with fires i just think you're being a coward i just i just don't know how you, you reap the rewards and then and then and then say oh you know it's after he had a 9.09 era against them that was his era against them last year got fucking degraded like demoralized like maybe his wife wouldn't even take him back that's how bad he was against the astros and and because of that, then you're gonna then you're gonna say you know that's why they had so much success against me. Really, really, I just I know there's some hypocrisies with Verlander along the way, but but I, I just I can't I can't stand for that. Yeah, I mean it's totally totally respectable. But yeah, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm big on Verlander. Wondering where he yeah, is. Yeah, I know you hate him. Yeah, it's really, but I don't. We should really check on him. He might be like physically hurt or. Maybe he got kidnapped or something. Someone probably, he's, you know what? He's probably, he's probably not okay. Yeah, someone needs to check on him. You know, just from a medical standpoint, I'm, I'm worried about him. Yeah. <laughs> what are those Amber Alerts? Or are those just yeah. the kids? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll. I mean, he's acted like acted like a child long enough. We might as well qualify him for Amber Alert. He basically dates a child. Kate Upton's like 23, so. Yeah. How the hell did he get Kate Upton? Uh, to be honest, I'm not as high on her as most people. I mean, I I'm not either. I don't think I think there are, uh, I mean, countless number of girls like in 
even involved with like Sports Illustrated and models. And uh, she's in terms of that like Sports Illustrated swimsuit model, she's on the lower tier for me. Uh, but still, I mean, like th- those type of girls with that type of clout, like they started dating when he was like shitty. <laughs> he was. Did they? But, yeah, people forget how bad he was. Oh, it, was his when, last... it was when he was in his down years. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm still, saying. he's got. He still, he had the money. He had fame. He's had Cy Youngs before. I feel like looks wise, he's decent. I guess he's, he's, whatever. he's a little like, doofy looking, but yeah, I get he's, it. He's pretty. He's pretty regular looking. Yeah, but, exactly. But I mean, across. Uh, I mean, I feel like he, like these girls like money. Like like he had he had plenty of that. Yeah, but you don't think she's got plenty of it? I I you, I would not be surprised if she's approaching him in net worth. She's huge. Eating, I yeah. bet she didn't, wasn't near it. That's fair. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, it's always yeah. something that kind of one I'm like, eh, you know, I get it, but I don't get it. It's always it's always been in the back of my mind. Like, really, Justin Verlander? I don't know. I feel like she, there's she, thinking she could go for a younger guy. Ah, yeah, she'd go for a younger guy. I feel like that's just like better looking athletes in every sport and loads of them it's not like there's a shortage of professional athletes that want to date sports illustrated cover girls hey and if the athletes don't want to i will so yeah i will i'll i'll fall on that sword i am <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm here to say that i'll i'll do that i will risk it all if you can't upton oh you know a guy who probably has no sort of shortage of girls around is fucking zion and zion's fucking back boys he is back in a big way. What do you guys? What do you guys think? You think? I think he looks pretty NBA ready. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. You think? I wonder how much of a minutes restric- restriction they're going to keep him on. He's probably going to be limited to 15, 20 minutes tonight. I mean, it's not 20, yeah. like they're worried about making it anywhere this season. So, I think they are. I think the Pelicans are. They have the they have the easiest I, schedule in the NBA I the rest of the way. Really? I just don't three think. Three and a half games out. But even if they get there, like, are they going to be able to do anything against the Lakers or? Well, Clippers? no, no, of course not. But it's about showing progression, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they—it's just Brandon Ingram is butting into like a star. Oh, right? well, Ingram's filthy. Ingram is Brandon filthy. Ingram's a star. Ball's been better. Drew Holiday's been out for a lot of this. Um, you know, Reddick's a, Reddick's an older piece. He's not going to be with them long term. But uh, Josh Hart's a nice complimentary piece. They could trade Drew Holiday and get young assets. Um, they have that uh, Jackson Hayes. He's really good. Yeah, they 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 got a good. So setup they have, for the they future. have a lot of young talent, and that's not even not even before even mentioning Zion. I mean, if if Ingram's going to be a twenty five point a game game guy, and and you know, whatever Ball does, he'll give you a fourteen. If he gives you fourteen seven and seven, and and then you have Zion. I think Zion's going to be a beast on the glass, and defensively, I think that's where he helps them most. I think and transition obviously, but. I think defensively, I think he's going to be a stud, and I think on the I think on the glass he's going to rebound the shit out of it. Like, like if you're a willing rebounder, like you're going to get rebounds. Like you see guards do it, you see Beverly put a get boards, you see Westbrook do it. Like Chris Paul's always been up there. Even Curry's has good rebound numbers. Like if you're the size of Zion, like you're going to be getting boards, and you're going to be getting putbacks and dunks. And um, to me, he's like a bigger. Stronger, like Julius Randall. Yeah, that would be if they want to trade Zion for Julius Randall. I'd be open to that too. Remember we, when we you talk. when the Knicks thought they were getting Zion? <laughs> no, 
No, I mean, you know, I, I knew we never – we don't get any luck in the draft lottery. We never have. We're the only team that's – But my – my the, the the greatest part was when the New York media played victim that they they got screwed out of him when they only had the 14% chance. 86% chance you weren't getting him because they obviously changed it from – even if it was 25%, you're probably not getting him. 75 Yeah, I mean, the victim comes from the fact that it, it, it was – we one, we fell. Granted, we only fell – we fall two spots. Um, Actually, no. You only fall two sports spots. That's not bad. And it was a three-player draft. Uh, at least that was the the thinking coming into the draft last year. Yeah. Um. And, but the the victimhood comes from the fact that the team in the eleventh spot got the first pick. You know, it wasn't one of the top three teams that had an equal chance at number one. It, you know, if I forget who it was. You know, and and even two. Memphis was what seventh, eighth. They went up to they went up to two, so yeah. you know it, it. You can't, and then around them, the the Lakers went up to four. So you can't even be like the Knicks are sitting there with the worst record, and three teams that were you know a handful of games out of the playoffs move up to one, two, and four around them. You're not. It's not great. I would have been p- tight if I was the Bulls too. They went. They moved back four or five spots. Um, the Suns got killed. The Cavs. Yeah. The Cavs deserve it. The Cavs, the Cavs should pick thirty every year for the next five years. You don't get. I mean, I I haven't even hated the format because it's so easy to tank in basketball. It's just so easy. Like, like in in baseball and football, it's it's. I mean, baseball. You, I mean, if you like purposely try not to hit, like you can't, you can't do that. Like you're literally bad zero. Like football, if you don't try, you you'll literally get hurt. Basketball. You can just play your young guys, and you could have them shoot thirty-five percent, like Frank Nitalakina, and like you can have this guy like Kevin Knox shooting another whatever he shoots, like thirty-five percent. Like you can have play these young guys and say we were rebuilding, we're rebuilding, yeah, we're developing our young talent. And then it just so I think it's the number one sport where where tanking is is just is just so easy to accomplish. And it's I mean, also one one player can change your franchise. Yeah, the Dolphins thought they were the biggest. We thought that they were the biggest tankers, and they ended up winning five games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. eight eight weeks into the season, you no one's betting the Dolphins to win a game. Yeah, the 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 thing is, the front office tank. The players don't tank in any sport because you're playing for your job. So it's it's front office that 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 tanks and, and i guess coaches that are that are and that not even coaches sometimes because they're playing for their jobs too so i really think the nba should as much as i love the draft I, I i love the idea of the nba completely doing away with it and doing some model like cuban uh mentioned recently with each team assigned a salary cap value to spend on on incoming rookies, so you know maybe the first the number one pick, the team that would get the number one pick, the worst team gets twenty million dollars in annual salary to spend on on rookies, and number two gets eighteen, number six get you know each lottery team down to like you know decreases by five hundred thousand or a million down to, and then the the second fifteen teams get you know five million to spend. It's like okay, great, you come into the league, Zion, you could be. A, Golden State Warrior tomorrow, but you're only making three million. You could be making twenty to go play for the Hornets or the Pelicans or the Knicks. So your call, but you get to choose. I mean, it's just like what other what other job or career do you have to wait 
seven years to decide where you live after college, you know, to, to really get control of your life. And I just think that would be cool. It'd be like another mini free agency with everything that's moving more towards, you know, the, the taking the reins off of things in sports, moving more towards the free market, especially in college basketball and football. Uh, I think it's, it's a real thing that could happen. Uh, and I think with the NBA leagues, the NBA is probably the league that could quickest move towards the baseball model of no salary cap and no max contracts. You can't, obviously those two things go hand in hand. You can't have no salary cap and a max contract and you can't have no max contracts and a salary cap. They have to go hand in hand. Uh, but I think basketball is the most equipped to do that. the, The fastest. I think the NFL, there's too many coaches. There's too many, uh, players, there's too much on the line. They're, they're too in, in, uh, worried about the shield. But the NBA empowers its players. The NBA, they've gone back and forth on if you need to go to college. They clearly don't give a shit about the NCAA, where the NFL and the NCAA kind of seem to work in, in perfect harmony at times uh, from a football standpoint. So I, I just think it would be a cool cool change of pace given all of the crazy things they're they're discussing changing anyways. I mean, we could see a completely different NBA in 10 years. An unrecognizable NBA. Yeah, I mean, that would be a cool thing though if they did that. That'd definitely be definitely be interesting to see how it played out and it would give everyone a chance and then like you said it would eliminate tanking, so. And it would eliminate teams that don't deserve to be there. like I'm sorry, but like the Knicks, Lakers, Heat, Bulls, Celtics, they don't deserve to be supporting the memphis grizzlies like everyone takes a the pool of money to go in and puts it in a pool and splits it evenly why am i why am i as a a knicks owner or a lakers owner uh, supporting a a basketball team in memphis or new orleans or minnesota that's not my that's not my responsibility if you if your team can't make money or you don't it's not as profitable as you want it to be then move it or don't exist this is this is it's a it's a communistic ideal in a free market in a country that's built on free market it is it is um there i mean there obviously needs to be some i don't want to say restrictions but some limits well like baseball you you put it you put a fake salary cap it's like yeah okay this is the salary cap you can go over it but you got to pay three times the amount of money What if, I guess it's worked out in baseball. It hasn't. No, baseball started to correct itself. No one no one that rich has got, but I'm, I'm just, I guess, fearful of someone that's like, has like, let's say, $70 billion, and they just literally sign every single best player. Yeah. I mean. This would be a pro, I mean, I mean, it, I, I think, I, I think for, for basketball, it'd be more of a problem than baseball, because baseball, you can't sign every single guy obviously because so many players and but basketball you sign like let's say in, ba- in like that prime you signed paul george lebron uh curry thompson and um uh like i don't know the whatever who, who's a dominant center i don't know dwight you, howard. you signed all those what dwight howard yeah in his prime you sign all those guys in their prime like you're winning like 79 games <laughs> or 80, like yeah 
I just I, I think it could it's a little more delicate in basketball because of the star power having much more of a direct effect, but but maybe they could make it a more severe uh, tax penalty too. Yeah, maybe it's five to one. Yeah, yeah instead of what because is it, like one? Uh, yeah, because it, as much as like you know a super billionaire could do that, like at the end of the day, those people are billionaires for a reason because they're smart with their with their business they endeavors. Don't want bad business. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're not going to make an investment that isn't going to return it, no matter how much flash and yeah. power it has. You know, they can, yeah, you can pay your entire starting lineup forty million, fifty million dollars a year, but is your is your starting lineup bringing in a billion dollars a year annually? I mean, that's that's a real conversation, you know. Yeah, that's true. And it'll, it'll, be, it'll correct itself, like baseball has. You know, it'll reach a certain point, and then people will see the lack of success. For doing this, it all it takes is a few mess ups by a few teams taking a risk, and it'll it'll start to correct itself. Yeah, and I think it would definitely change the free agent market for sure. It would yeah. definitely make free agency a little bit more interesting because then you know these other teams would actually have a chance at signing a big free agent. But you know, yeah, and maybe not- that that team in in you know Milwaukee. I mean, obviously Milwaukee not a great example, but. Uh, Minnesota, they they take uh, all of their budget and throw seventy million dollars a year at LeBron, a LeBron guy. You know they don't have to yeah, have. You now have an advantage if you so use it. You can give more money than another team. Yeah, you just don't surround him with as much talent. But he's yeah, got but his you, he's you got his money. But you haven't you have an asset. You have a, a draw. You have a, a marketable player. Um, and that's that. You know. Doesn't have to be the big teams going after four or five guys. It, it could be the one team who's outbidding for one guy. Mm-hmm. Just an interesting thought. Sorry for the rant, but I think it would be. I think it would be a really cool way to yeah, operate for the NBA. Cool. I mean, I can see the progressive NBA definitely possibly going in that direction at some point. Yeah, I would not be surprised if that happens in our lifetime or a similar model. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, a little interesting development. Uh, Dwight Howard is going to be uh, participating in dunk contests this year. Who would have thought that, what, 10, 11 years after the Superman dunk, we're going to see this guy in the dunk contest again? I, uh, I, don't know. I don't know how to feel about this. I don't know what the old man still has. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I, I'm like a little bit of his like – Cool, but I'm like, I don't think I care. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't, my hopes aren't too high. Is Ja doing it? He, he got, should. He got the invite. I don't know if he's accepted. I know it's D- Derek White is in it, right? Yeah, John ja, ja needs to do it. Derek Wright, Derek, Derek White probably is the best dunker in the NBA right now. I mean, better who? than better than Derek Jones Jr. on the Heat. Oh, sorry. That's what I'm thinking. That's who I'm thinking of. Not Derek Jones. Derek, that's who you're talking yes, about. Yes, yes. That's who I'm talking about. Um, yeah, Derek White's on the uh, spur. Yeah, Derek Jones Jr. on the Heat. Yeah, he's actually turning into a good player this year. He's never been a good player. Now he's actually he's actually defending and he's making threes and he's dunking. So yeah, but he's in the dunk contest, right? I thought I saw the other day that he was yeah. in it. I'm um, sure he'll be in it either way. I mean, he he loves dunking. That's like the one thing he loves. And Zach Levine back in it too. I like that. Yeah, Levine is really good at it. 
He's a really good dunker. That's I mean if that if that's the four, that's that's arguably the best like roster in a dunk contest we've seen in six or seven years. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know what Howard can bring to the table anymore, honestly. Yeah. I don't I don't see it either. I mean, I think it's a nostalgic thing. I Maybe just think it's... he'll use lots of props and use other things to get people involved and it'll be a very crafty dunk. Yeah. It'll be very creative. He was creative though. That's the thing. He did bring some creativeness to it. Him, Blake Griffin brought creative that's where I like. I like some creativity in it. Some of them go over the top, but I mean it's like you when you've seen all the dunks, even the best dunks, it's like that was sick, but I've seen that ten times. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think mean, that's it, why it, that's why Zach Levine and Eric Gordon's dunk contest was really remembered as like so legendary because they were doing stuff we really hadn't seen yet. And not yeah. you don't see that in dunk contests anymore. We've kind of reached yeah, it's, the like it's so hard. We've reached the max stuff. of like fi- human physical ability. Like you can only go so your creativity can only carry your physicality so far. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. We've seen off the we've seen off the the side of the backboard, we've seen from behind the backboard, we've seen over obviously alley oops, we've seen jumping over cars, people we see we've seen the elbow, we've seen the windmill, like we've seen yeah. between the legs, fucking spin moves off the backboard between, between the, the legs. Legs, windmill, like it's just it's just oh, honestly, it's hard to think of one, like yeah, I can't think of anything that would be, like... That's where that, you just get crazy with these props and shit, and... Hope it stays. What about dunking? Can you, are you allowed to dunk two? Uh, we've seen that. Yeah. What... I you forget. know, no one's yeah. ever... No one's ever, uh... Used a trampoline. Just triple front flip fucking Yeah, dunk. like, what if some... What if someone just, like, jumped off a trampoline and fucking did, like four between the legs and dunked it like yeah it's off a trampoline but it's still crazy that would be yeah. pretty crazy i feel like there's a liability involved there like yeah. if, people, if, if they're trying to do flips like four flips and oh they're there he, he just died he broke his neck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no no he actually just broke his neck so we're done um uh, ladies and gentlemen he's not moving we'll get back yeah and we will be right back after this <laughs> Um, yeah, and, yeah, I don't know, so I don't really have any high hopes for Dwight either. I think that it'll be, I think it'll be good, though, with Zach Levine. Zach Levine, your boy on the Heat, I think that'll be good. You can probably see them being in the final for it, but, yeah, I think it's kind of a nostalgia play, too, having Dwight in there. They should do a different one with Dwight Howard, Vince Carter, uh, who else is old that used to be able to dunk? Blake LeBron. LeBron's still scared of it 17 years in. Yeah. LeBron's a bitch. But that's besides the point. Last thing to get to. Mystic Mac returned this weekend. Went out there, put on a show. KO'd, uh, or TKO'd Donald Cerrone. 40 seconds. Just beat the fucking shit out of him. I, uh, I love to see it. I hate that I waited all night to watch a 40-second fight. But it's still awesome to see the guy back. Big things gonna be happening for him in that sport this year. I could see him fighting again in like April because he literally did not get hit once. So yeah. I could see a pretty thrown through one punch. Through one punch. Yeah. Who's one he gonna kick. fight? Is he gonna fight 
Khabib, Nate Diaz, or uh, Mazadal. won't be until September if Habib gets through his next fight. But I don't even know if that's a guarantee. I don't even know if that's a guarantee. The guy Habib's fighting, this guy Tony Ferguson, is a fucking freak. He's not scared to go to the ground. He's super dangerous off his back. Like, I think that's going to be a total test for uh, and so, he's got. So who should he fight? Who, who do you think he should fight? I would love to see him fight either Jorge Masvidal or Nate Diaz. I or, think what would be your preference? Nate Diaz for a third time. I wanted. I want that to be decided because I think he would fuck Nate Diaz up at this point. I feel, I, like, I think, I feel like they're so evenly matched, but Connor seems like he's uh, as dedicated as ever. And, and oh yeah, and he looks so good at 170. He looks strong. I he's mean, beefy. Saw, he looks fucking good. He came out and just like was so focused when he connected with that head kick. I was the like, shoulder. How about the shoulder? The sho- okay, the shoulders and the clinch. Is that, a, is that a move that people do, or did he just... So, Nate Diaz does that. Like, that's like a Diaz thing. Like, that's like something he's done in the past. Uh, people have done it, but, I mean, you've never seen Connor do it. And I don't... That's not something you expect to happen in the first 10 seconds of the fight. Like, that's something... He smashed he, like, his nose. Yeah, that fa- fight was over after the second shoulder. Yeah, when he broke his nose, and then he hit him a third time the in the eye... broken, actually. Oh yeah, he shattered his nose right away. It was it started uh it started bleeding right away. His eyes were all I didn't know if it was actually it. broken. I know it was bleeding, but then he um yeah, and then he backs off. Cerrone throws the head kick. Connor blocks it. Cerrone drops his right hand, and then Connor's like, "Oh word, I'm just gonna hit you real quick in the jaw." Kicks him, and then once he kicked him, and he came in and hit him with the first left hand, and Cerrone hit his knee. I was like, all right, this is it. I was like, this fight is fucking over. And he just he just buried him with those left hands when he was on the ground. I mean, you yeah. can't you can't you can't take that left hand normally, never mind after you're just getting kicked in the face. So that was that was good. But yeah, no, I think I think I would love to see him fight Jorge Masvidal. I think that would be that would be tough. Like Jorge's not a guy who's ever been finished. Nate Diaz really? isn't a guy who's ever been yeah, Jorge's Oh no, sorry. Jorge has been finished once. He's got knocked out once. Um, Nate Diaz never been stopped uh, by knockout. I think he's been submitted once. Nate but... Diaz is bigger than Connor, right? Actually. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, they're all 155 pounders. Connor is a 145 pounder when he started. Yeah, he, when he was when he, he was really he looked terrible though. Oh yeah, but then yeah, like well, so 155 is his like is is oh, like yeah, his... so he's. He's Wait, been the champ at 45 and 55, but not yet 70. Potentially could make a run at 70, which that no one's ever done two, right? No one's. He's the only one to do two, right? Daniel Cormier did two. He won the light heavyweight, the 205, and then the heavyweight. And then Amanda Nunes won the 135 and 100. What, what, what is it? He held them simultaneously? Is that what he did? Yeah, but he was the first one to do it. But then Cormier held them simultaneously, and now Amanda but Nunes. But no one's held three ever before. No, no one's ever won three. Like there had been people who had won two t- two weight classes before. Like George Saint Pierre was the welterweight champion, then he was the middleweight champion, um, and that's happened. But no one had ever held them simultaneously, and then it's happened three times total now. One woman, two guys, and then Connor would be if he won 170 pounds, he would be the first to have titles. Who's the top guy at 70? Uh, this guy Kamara Usman, this Nigerian guy. He's a uh, he's a wrestler. He is pretty pretty remarkable. He's big. 
He's like 190 pounds. He walks around that. Cancer now. Um, not it. I don't know. Usman's so big. He's just so big. That's the thing is, Connor naturally is probably like what 180. No, 170. Like really? he put on, wait, he put on weight for this fight. Like he he didn't have any cut. He brought it up to 170 because he knew that's what Cerrone yeah. would be around. Cerrone and people are cutting from 190. Yeah, so they're it's like bigger, they're just bigger he'll, frames. Like yeah, exactly. Like, like Usman could fight at 185 and be maybe the middleweight champion. Like he he's good. So that would be tough. But I mean. Connor's unbelievable, man. You know, you know, he no one everyone said he couldn't be the champ at one fifty five, and then everyone doubted him at one seventy. He has wins over Nate Diaz and Cowboy Cerrone at one seventy. I mean, the guy every time someone says he no can't. No one do expected it, this. No one expected it in, in thirty no, seconds. I wanted it to be I wanted it to go like at least three rounds. I wanted to see these guys fight. But I mean, once he did that, I got excited. I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, I bet, I bet, I bet the over one and a half rounds parlayed with Holly Holm winning, and uh, I got fucked over. Yeah, I honestly, I just didn't see Cowboy getting finished like that. But uh, now that's back to back fights that uh, Cowboy's been finished in the first round. So I don't know. I mean, he has a six fight deal right now, so he's not going anywhere. But how many fights does he have left? Five. Jeez. He signed a new oh, deal before. Dude. He might not make it to the end of those. That no, fucking deal. He's a he's a fucking he's a. That's all he does. He just loves to fight. He said that after he's like, man, I don't care. He's like, he got me good. He's like, he disoriented the shit out of me when I backed off after getting those shoulder shots. He's like, he fucked me up good. He's like, but I'll be back. He's like, I'm not worried about it. And that's the thing. He'll fight anyone anytime. Like he realistically will probably fight again in like six weeks. Really? Oh yeah, he'll take whatever the medical leave they make you take is after getting KO'd or stopped like that. I think it's I want to say it's 90 days. I bet you I bet you in so maybe not 6 weeks, but I bet you within 3 months he's back in again. Wow. Yeah, he's a he's a savage man, 37 years old and he he will fight. Anyway, he fought 5 times since that was his 6th fight since November of 2018. At 30 37 years old. He is active. He's probably the aside from no. He I think he was the most active last year. Him and Greg Hardy. Greg I mean, he's Hardy. He's got so many fights under his belt. Yeah, that was his 51st professional fight. How many with the UFC? Was he have 18 wins? 33. He has 23 wins. Oh my god. So many. Yeah, he's 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 a savage. But yeah, no big year. It's gonna be a big year for Connor. He's gonna he's gonna fucking. This is all about legacy. So he's got a lot to prove still, and I like that. I mean, he fucking looked phenomenal. I wish we could have seen a little bit more, but I mean, in the forty yeah, seconds, I wanted I wanted to see how he improved his ground game. I know you couldn't you couldn't uh you couldn't have asked. He couldn't have looked better in those forty seconds. I mean, he no, he couldn't have. I just and a, a possible Habib or. You know, against someone else, he might he he's gonna need to possibly do work on the ground. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I yeah, I don't know in this next fight. I mean, if he fights Diaz, we could see that. But what Jorge, is Masvidal's strengths? Oh, striking! Uh, Masvidal's fucking he. Masvidal so came. They're the his, same. They're the same. They're like the same. His background is he would fight in Kimbo Slice's backyard brawls. Like he was oh. like he was he's from like Dade County. Like he. He was like a backyard brawler in Miami. Like that's so where who's, Jorge. Who's a better striker, him or Connor? 
I don't know. Connor's more unorthodox, that's for sure. Connor's like definitely a little bit. I mean, they're both phenomenal. They both they both fucking crucify people. Like you know, it's yeah. like they, they they both they both put people out. So it, it's tough to say. But I mean, there Connor's definitely more unorthodox and is like coming at you with like he switches stances. He'll come at you with like some crazy shit, like these shoulder strikes. I mean, he throws crazy kicks. He's got kind of like a. Sometimes he goes like a like a like a taekwondo style. Sometimes he goes like a capoeira where he's fucking throwing these crazy spin kicks. Like he's he's all over the place. You never know what he's gonna hit you with, and he's got that fucking huge left hand. So it's tough to say. But yeah, no big year. Gonna be gonna be a big year. I'm very very excited. But I think I think that'll do it for this week. We got the big about, Super Bowl. What about baseball? Hmm. What about baseball? We talked about. What? We no. talked Oh, Hall of Fame. Oh yeah. Okay, we'll talk about Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh Dave's boy Derek Jeter and Larry Walker, both the inductees this year. Schilling missed it by a uh by by a little bit there. A lot of steroids guys. A lot of steroids guys made some improvement this year. I think that's about as high as they'll get. But I think Schilling will get in next year. I think he'll get in next year too. Dave doesn't really think so. I don't think Bonds gets in, but I think I think Schilling will get in. Schilling, there's no reason Schilling shouldn't be in. Well, <laughs> Schilling, Schilling's numbers aren't a great, as great as I thought they were. Schilling's, I think Schilling's is like a, a borderline Hall of Famer, like three, four, six career ERA. I think it's like 230 wins, like really, really good. Like he should be in the Hall of Fame. I agree, mm-hmm. but like he's so hated that it's hurting him. But I mean, there's, like, some people, like, that are lesser pitchers or similar pitchers that got in right away. Like, who's the guy that died? Um, Halliday? Like, Halliday shouldn't have been first ballot. I'm sorry. Like, like Roy Halliday should have been, like, he shouldn't have been first ballot. I know it's 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 it sucks because he's dead, but, like, he just shouldn't have been. I, I still th- – yeah, I agree he shouldn't have been first ballot, but I'm taking – at their best, I'm taking Roy Halliday every day of the week over Schilling. Yeah, I'll probably take Holiday too over him, but I mean the disparity from first to not even getting in on his eighth. I mean, it's a little, a little drastic. But yeah. um, I think Schilling gets in next year too because it's going to be such a weak class. I think him and Omar Vizquel are going to get in. Bonds and Clemens are at sixty percent. I'm sure they'll make a. I'm, I think they'll probably come up to sixty four, sixty five percent maybe. Um, but I don't know if they get in. I would say they don't get in. I think they should be in, but. I don't think they'll get in. When's the last year for them? They have two more years, just like. It's going to be close. Yeah, it's going to be very close. I, so I don't, I don't. The only thing is like, like, like that it's a punishment for them for waiting so long. But are that many people going to, they're going to need a lot of votes to, for that to be the case. Are that many people thinking that way? I don't know. I feel like a lot of these guys are old school and rigid and, and they're not going to. They don't want them in. It only went up a couple percent from last year, so I think they should. It should include both of them. Not everyone uses steroids, but they were so dominant. They were so incredible. Without steroids, they'd be in. Uh, just how do you have a Hall of Fame without Barry Bonds? It's, yeah. It's like Pete Rose. Like, like, come on. It's just like, come on. Like, we need these guys a part of the game, like... They're all time greats. Yeah, it's a shame that Pete Rose will never be in. That's, I can't, that's, yeah, I can't even say I 
I definitely want Pete Rose. I don't even know if I want Bonds in. I just think he should be in. Does like, Pete yeah, Rose, I guess like, do they, do they, because uh, technically he never, like, was on the ballot. So if he gets reinstated, do they give him 10 years to get into the Hall of Fame? Um, I don't know. Maybe. I think they, they kind of they're gonna to. They're going to put in Pete Rose posthumously. Where, like, it's, have, but they, he would be put in, though, too, right? Don't you think he'd be put in? I if mean, he if, was on the ballot? Yeah, he's first ballot. I mean, you could argue he could be unanimous. No, I know, but I'm saying, do you think the writers would vote him in? Like, yes, I think the large majority of writers. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. I think it'd be like, I think it'd be like eighty-three percent. Yeah, eighty-five. Without the gambling, I you could argue he could be unanimous. No, I know, but I'm saying some of the some some nerds are going to hold the gambling against him. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, a, a wide, I think a wide majority of players not or I mean writers not only do they not are they not holding it against him I think they actually feel that he's been legitimately wronged and will vote for him based on the fact that he's been wronged not uh, for any other reason well I hope that's the case because it's crazy I mean you're not, you're gonna have the greatest home run hitter and the greatest um hitter of all time not in the Hall of Fame. Like, what is this shit? Like, what is this? And possibly the greatest pitcher of our era and Clemens not in? I don't know. Like, Clemens had seven Cy Youngs, multiple Cy Youngs in three different decades. Like, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, Roger Clemens. Just another guy. I hated Clemens. I hated him. He threw a Piazza. I have every reason to hate him. Roger Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame. What do you think, Tom? Do you think they should be in? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, like you said, it just doesn't make sense to not have Barry Bonds in. I mean, the guy holds the home run record, steroids and not. He still hit 700 fucking, what, 760 home runs? Like 62. Yeah, it gives me a fucking... And then Roger Clemens, I mean, this is the guy that was going out there and striking out 20 fucking people a game. Like, how for multiple teams in multiple decades. Like, how... Yeah. But it's how, like... Not gonna have those it's like guys. the Rafael Palmaros, the Sammy Sosas. Like Sammy Sosa had a great career, but like steroids, like I don't think you'd be a Hall of Fame without steroids. I don't. I think you'd be fringe at best. No, and Bonds was a five-tool yeah. player. It's not like all exactly. he did was hit. Like he was, he was stealing there. bags. He's got over two hundred steals for maybe even more. I forgot how many steals it is. He was stealing bags. He was playing, you know, playing great defense. He had an arm. He had it all. Yeah, at all. It's hit a double machine, forty forty guy. So I just, and then we have Jeter getting snubbed on the vote. How do we feel about that? That's fucking stupid. Yeah, I mean, guy reinvented the shortstop position. Yeah, I, I, I disagree. I disagree. I, I think I think it was the right thing, honestly. It's a it's a problem because it was one guy. It would be better if it was. Like, I would understand it more if it was like you know. 15, 20 guys didn't do it. Like, I get it. That they, like, I get the, I totally get the arguments against Jeter not being unanimous compared to Mariano. Like, he, you can't, you can't say he's the greatest shortstop of all time, whereas Mariano is unarguably the greatest closer of all time. And, greatest reliever of all time, even. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so I get it. But the fact that it was one vote and it was clear that every single, writer except one douchebag was like yeah of course Jeter's a hall of famer first ballot like yeah 
I'm doing it. You know, if it, it's it was just the precedent that's been set when Ken Griffey Jr. doesn't get it, when Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, all these guys that are far superior than than Jeter, um, tons of them. I mean, tons of things. I actually, not to put slander on his name, I congratulated Derek Jeter, but did you know Derek Jeter was a terrible shortstop defensively? I read an article. He had a negative 157 run um, uh, differential from 2003 to 2014. Those are those encompass his five world uh, his five gold gloves. He had the lowest, he had the worst run save of any shortstop by 80 runs, and he had the worst run save by any player by 60 runs from 2003 to 2014. It's incredible. I read it today, and I almost I almost passed out. Like yeah. not even not even he was decent. He was a terrible defender. Terrible. Yeah, the, I mean, the argument against that is that shortstop's the hardest position to play. Like, you could say, like, a right fielder's, well, uh, well, right fielder's but great but defender, but, like, Jared, Derek Jeter's a better a better defender than the best right fielder. Like, he just well, is. the thing is, he was, negative, he was negative 60 runs worse than the next closest shortstop in that time. Yeah, no, I so. know. That's what I'm saying. But it's, like, it, to me, that's, like, I'm not disproving anything you're saying. I'm just yeah. saying... Compared it like you're talking about, it's like yeah, he was a bad NBA player. Yeah, it's, it's but all, that guy, it's, it's like it's, you know that guy who played who averaged sixty a game in high school is better than him. Like, nah, yeah. well, not really. Let's you know, let's. I thought it was just. I thought it was just because it was Jeter at minus one fifty two, Prince Fielder at negative ninety five, Hanley at negative seventy three. Um, it's also bet- shortstop gets the ball more than any any position on the field. It's more opportunity. Yeah, but, more opportunity uh, to to lose runs. To mess up. Yeah. The thing was that was interesting that I read was that he had the in in the time in that time uh, it was a smaller time period but he had the fourth the fourth fewest errors at shortstop so basically contrary to what most people believe he wasn't making a ton of mistakes he just he just wasn't making big plays even though we think of him that play that those plays in the holes that he would make like it said it's interesting because. His defensive rating from 2004-2010 was 18th out of 24. And from 2003-2014, he had the worst run run differential in baseball. And then um, he had the, where is it, the fourth fewest, he had the fourth fewest, uh, yeah, yeah, the fourth fewest errors in, a four, in that four-year span for players that were playing every day. And, um, but they compared it to, like, not fouling in, in basketball. They're like, just because you don't foul someone doesn't mean you're a good defender. Just because you make the good plays, which I don't know if it's completely comparable, but... Uh, yeah, basketball, I mean, an error in basketball to me is giving up a dunk, not not, not fouling. Like, I think an error is alla- is clearly allowing someone to score on the back of poor defense. I don't, I don't equate not fouling with uh, an error to baseball. Well, but- it, could be, it could be both. It could be both. It could be... You're fouling when you should, you know, it could be, yeah, like, if you if you just let the guy go, if you just let the guy go and get a dunk, it's obviously. Yeah, sure, I mean, and the, the other option is let the guy go and foul him so he doesn't get a dunk. Yeah, I mean, I just found it interesting because I always thought Jeter was a terrible, pretty bad defender when he started, and he got a lot better as he went on. What, what, what did you make of it? Like, how did you think he was defensively? You watched, you watched him a lot more than me. Um, I, I mean, the range was always kind of Jeter's, it, it seemed, range was always one of his knocks. Um, and so that's, that's probably where he got hurt. Yeah, I, I think that's where it is. I think a lot of 
balls that maybe others would have gotten to, he didn't get to, or couldn't make a play on. And I mean, the the crazy, you know, behind the behind the backhanded throws, those were undeniable. We saw them, uh, and they were obviously impressive. And he had a cannon of an arm for most of his career, but I think there was a real downturn in yeah from in the second part of his career. You know, talking about two thousand three, two thousand four, that was. That was really the heart of his career. I'd say, you know, 2007, 2008 on, you're really talking about the back end of Jeter's career. That's, that's it. you know, he's 30, 31 going into, you know, his last seven, eight years. Um, a shortstop isn't exactly his, his most spry at 31, 32 years old. But that's when he won all of his gold gloves. That late? Yeah, he won them all very late. He won them in... Um... He won them very late in his career, which was weird, which it was almost like they because like the numbers I was giving you was 2003 to 2014. So he was probably what, 27 to 30, or 28 to 40. Yeah, to 39 or to, whatever to the end of his career. Yeah. Um, but his I believe it was started in 2005. His first gold glove was then six, then eight, then 10. Uh, I'm looking it up right now, but it was. It was it was after he was he was thirty, which is weird that yeah. he was getting these gold gloves later in his career at a position where it's it definitely your range is more limited than I don't know why my Wi Fi isn't working, but I think it was I think it was five, two thousand five, two thousand six, two thousand eight, and two thousand ten. So it, it was it was those years. I have it up right here. That's also a, 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 a comparative four, five, award. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it could be it's could be the product of a weak year. You know, but 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 four, five, six, nine, and ten, he did it. So three years in a row, having a week, you know, five times. That's the thing is like one or two times. Cal Ripken won two gold gloves. He wasn't a great fielder, obviously. He was a big guy. Um, you know, you win two gold gloves and you're like a stud. It's kind of like they gave it to you for your name. Yeah. No, like, I totally get whatever. it. But, but yeah, no, it was just interesting because his career war is so low. Derek Jeter's is like seventy-two, and you compare it to someone like Honus Wagner, obviously different era, but he was one thirty. Cal Ripken was 93, 90, 95. so he had twenty more than a better twenty war than him. And I don't know. I always kind of think they're similar, but I think I'd give the edge to Rip to Jeter over Ripken. Yeah. But it's it's a conversation, but I wouldn't think like wins were over a replacement that'd be that much, but I guess it was the run saving that Ripken also played hurt. more games too. Who did? Ripken. Ripken, yeah. He did. He did. So that he could have gotten a few more wins at the yeah. back end. That, of that is a cumulative award, but it's not I'm not saying that that's a, a twenty game yeah. difference, obviously, but you know, four, five, yeah. six wins probably. Yeah. In his later years. But but I don't know. I, I didn't have... Maybe I shouldn't say it was the right thing to do. I didn't have a problem with it because, like, the next player should be Mike Trout. That's unanimous. And all these greats. But in, in face value, he should have he should have made it for sure. Everyone should realize he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But in totality, I see it as in that's more than fine because he wasn't even the best player in his position. Honus Wagner was. And then either Ripken or Jeter. And it's not like, not like he was that dominant on a level where no one could even question it like trout or yeah to me it was only because it was one if it was yeah if it was frustrating 15 i wouldn't have a problem but it was one it's just it 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 seemed very clear that it was done for the wrong reasons deliberately yeah that's frustrating but that's very very but yeah 
That's uh now that is definitely the episode for this week. We went pretty long, so we gave you a lot of content to listen to. Next week will be our Super Bowl betting extravaganza we do every year. This will be the third year, no, second year that we do it because we started right after the Super Bowl in our inaugural campaign. But we're coming up on our two-year anniversary of this podcast in a couple weeks, we which is pretty crazy that we've been doing this for two years. But we thank you guys for staying with us. Rate, subscribe, follow us on all the socials at Bleacher Fan on pretty much everything. Follow Bleacher Bets, follow us everywhere. But we'll see you next week.